Hello everyone, Alan Mischer here with another episode of the Vitality Explorer podcast. The podcast mission is to optimize vitality one person at a time. We are aiming to improve your physical, mental, social, and or spiritual well-being with the latest scientific information. Let's jump into our quote of the week from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Quote, adopt the pace of nature. Her secret is patience. Adopt the pace of nature. Her secret is patience. So if you like what you're listening to, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also visit the Vitality Explorer Substack site for the references for all the material. There's over 400 scientific posts about how to live your most vital life. This week, we're going to talk about three specific topics like we typically do. Number one, nature nurtures your brain and reduces fear. Number two, vitality signs, not vital signs, but vitality signs. And number three, Cinnamon's Superpowers. I encourage you to check out last week's podcast where we talked about how to manage your time to manage your mind, why writing can enhance your vitality, and a special one on the top four healthiest red wines. So let's jump into this week's topic about nature and how it can nurture your brain and reduce fear. Sort of the subtitle of that uh, post on the Vitality Explorer Substack site is how taking a walk can improve your mental health and especially taking a walk in nature because it's very impressive if you look at it and look at the data which we're going to dive into here in a minute is if you take a walk outside somewhere in nature it can improve not just your physical well-being but also your mental health and there's a picture i put up on the vitality explorer substack site of the stanford dish which is this hiking trail above the stanford campus which is one of my favorite places on the planet it's anywhere between three and a half to five and a half miles it's sort of rolling hills with gorgeous views of the silicon valley and san francisco on a clear day Um, literally if i need to get a mental reset I will go there and I do my best to not take my phone with me and it can take me anywhere between 60 and 90 minutes to do the hike depending on how far I go. And it is a massive reset for my brain, but I also get a lot of physical um, activity from it as well. So this this post we're going to talk about is how taking such a walk, a one hour walk in nature can improve your you know, can sort of calm your brain. And here's the title of the paper, quote, how nature nurtures amygdala activity decreases as the result of a one-hour walk in nature. And the amygdala, spelled A-M-Y-D-A-L-A, A-M-Y-G, sorry, A-M-Y-G-D-A-L-A, that's a portion of your brain that's related to your sense of fear, uh, related to your overall uh, emotional activity. But here are some staggering conclusions from that paper. Quote, going for a walk in nature may buffer detrimental effects of urban environment on stress-related brain regions and turn potentially and in turn potentially act as a preventative measure against developing a mental disorder. Let me say that again. You basically paraphrase it here because it's a little easier. Uh, Going for a walk in nature may be a preventative uh, measure against developing a mental disorder. Wow. Is that really true? I mean, if we just took a walk in nature, can it help prevent mental illness? So there's a little there's a little video I put up there of taking a walk in nature, where again you can see on the Explorer Substack, Vitality Explorer Substack site. But this particular paper was published by Molecular Psychiatry and evaluated 63 healthy volunteers before and after a walk in an urban area, like a busy street in a city 
versus a natural environment, which was like a forest. And the researchers used something called a functional MRI or an fMRI to look at that particular part of the brain that's associated with emotion and fear, the amygdala. Kind of hard to say. Amy G. Dala, <laughs> A-M-Y-G-D-A-L-A, amygdala. Um, but they, there's a graph up there about how they had questionnaires. The, pa the patients were put in an MRI, fMRI, functional MRI. Then they either took a walk in an urban environment or, or a natural environment. They did another MRI, and then they did some questionnaires. Okay, so that's sort of the how the study was done. The participants... Um, you know, were, during their time in the MRI scanner were exposed to either fearful faces or they were exposed to neutral faces. And what was very interesting is there was a statistically significant decrease in the amygdala activity in, in the subjects who took a walk in nature uh, when they were exposed to both fearful faces and neutral faces. So here's a quote, another quote from the paper, which is kind of interesting. Quote, we demonstrated that the amygdala activation decreased during a stress task after nature exposure, whereas it remained stable after an urban exposure. This strongly argues in favor of the salutogenic effects of nature as opposed to the urban exposure causing additional stress. So I actually had to look up salutogenic uh, to confirm what it meant, but it means to support health and well-being. So taking a walk in nature, according to this paper, which looked again, they had 63 pe people and they kind of randomized them to either walking in an urban environment or walking in nature. Nature decreased that part of the brain that's associated with fear and excess or over, over emotional reactivity. So this, the simple but crucial conclusion is that nature supports both our physical and mental well-being. Here's another quote from the paper. Quote, a growing body of empirical research has demonstrated the cognitive and affective benefits of exposure to natural environments. So here's some other data that they discussed in the paper. Spending time in nature can improve working memory capacity, restore directed attention, as well as reduce negative emotions and stress. So what they concluded is that the, the evidence of nature's beneficial effects on stress um, have been observed um, not only in psychological assessments, but also in physiological indicators, things like your heart rate, your blood pressure, and your cortisol levels. And, and in this paper, they added in the amygdala or your brain. Uh, so again, I put up some other pictures of some of my favorite hikes, or my favorite places in nature that I've been, including the Delicate Arch, which is a gorgeous, very, very easy um, hike in Utah. But if you ever get a chance to go there, that's that's fantastic. Um, but here's the Vitality Explorer analysis and recommendations. I think there's powerful ac uh, academic evidence supporting that taking a walk in any sort of, you know, uh, natural environment is really meaningful for your vitality. Um, and, and this particular paper, again, went to the point of using functional FRI, fMRI scanning, functional MRI scanning to confirm that those regions of our brains that are sort of associated with fear they sort of decrease it. They don't sort of. They do decrease their activity after we take a, a walk in nature. And there's pretty much zero downside and significant upside to doing this. Now, some of you may live in a urban environment where there is no nothing nearby. Hopefully, there's a park within the city, or maybe even taking a bus or a train or your car to a, a place where you can take a hike and get away from the urban area at least for an hour once a week, if possible, would be super meaningful. If you are lucky enough to live near an area where there's a beautiful hike in nature, do it. 
This is amazing. It's simple. And the action, action suggestion, this is a new thing we're going to do on the podcast. Here's a specific vitality action suggestion. In the next week, take a walk in nature with a friend. This is what I call the vitality trifecta. So you can take a walk and it will enhance your physical, mental, social, and, and um, your, sorry, <laughs> enhance your physical, mental, and social well-being. So you get three for one, right? So you go for a walk, you're getting some physical exercise. The, the second, your mental well-being, according to the data we just talked about, will improve and you can connect with a friend. So there's just a picture up there with me hiking with a close friend of mine in, in, uh, in a trail. And uh, I encourage you again to look at the Vitality Explorer Substack site to review the data, the images, and try to get out there sometime in the next week and take a, a hike in nature. Your future self will thank you. So the next thing we're going to talk about is vitality signs. Now, and something called BISCORE, which is a new tool to measure vitality based on the Vitality Octagon. For those of you who have been following Vitality Explorers for a while, you know that within the Dare to Be Vital book that I wrote, uh, we have talked about these eight essential parameters of vitality. Hope, time, sleep, fitness, purpose, service, closeness, and discipline. And that's what I call the Vitality Octagon. You can see the graphic up on the Vitality Explorer Substack site if you want to. But... I've been thinking about what are vital signs in the context of, excuse me, what are vitality signs in the context of what are vital signs? So I'm an orthopedic surgeon, a sports medicine specialist. I've been a doctor for a long time. And the primary, the top four vital signs are your temperature, your body temperature, your blood pressure, your heart rate, and your respiratory rate. And the averages, you know, the sort of not averages, but the normal range for your temperature is around 98.6. Your blood pressure is anywhere around 120 over 80. Your pulse should be somewhere, you know, some some places say 60 to 100. I think 100 sounds a little too high, but 70 or 80. And your respiratory rate somewhere between 12 and 18. This is data according to the Cleveland Clinic. So that, so those are sort of your traditional vital signs. But what are your vitality signs? And I've been searching for this for a long time, five, six, maybe even seven years of some way to measure your overall sense of well-being, your vitality. And I got to tell you, I have pretty much run, ran, ran up against a stone wall. There's a lot of different surveys and validated surveys on your mental well-being, your physical well-being. And I did find one sort of overall analysis of, of all these different things that are called SF12 or SF36. You know, there's lots of different versions of this. But we all internally have a sense of how well we're doing. And if you smashed up all those validated surveys against a simple question, like rate yourself from zero to 100, 100 being perfect and zero being maybe dead, um, but on how well you were doing in a particular day, that is actually quite internally consistent. Now, my 75 may be different than your 75, but your sense of how well you were doing is a valid version of, over, of how you're doing overall. Most of the time, I should say. Um, but because there wasn't any way to break that down into what are the components of your, your vitality, what is contributing to your overall sense of vitality, I created something I call Viscore, V-Y-S-C-O-R-E. And Viscore is a proprietary tool that measures a person's perception of their vitality. And it's based on those eight parameters. You know, again, their purpose, hope, time, sleep, fitness, discipline, closeness, and service. And Viscore users can rate themselves on each of these. Again, your, your sense of how well you, 
slept or how well you're using your time or maybe even your, even your fitness closeness or service is internally consistent. But what the, what the tool does is asks you to rate, rate yourself on a scale of one being unsatisfactory to five being exceptional. And what I've done as of today, I've opened this up to anybody who wants to do that for free. You can go to Viscore, V-Y-S-C-O-R-E.com, Viscore.com, and take that actual, it's about, it takes about two minutes. Anyone who does that, you'll get your Viscore if you complete the survey. Um, and then you also will get a free chapter of Dare to be Vital. Now, here's a big disclaimer, because I'm asking for a little help here. This is not yet validated. It is meant for informational purposes only. It's a work in progress. But I would sincerely appreciate it if anybody would check it out, test it, and and then let me know what they think, what you think. Because I really think we need a better way to measure our overall sense of vitality. And I'm hoping that Viscore will contribute to that. And you can read and see more about that on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. And we're going to finish this week's um, podcast with Cinnamon's Superpowers. And sort of the t- subtitle I put up on the, on the site is... Can a pumpkin spice latte enhance vitality? Now, here's another disclaimer. I am a total pumpkin spice junkie. So this is one of my favorite times of the year. We're just before Thanksgiving and Halloween. And for those of you who may be on the West Coast, you know what Trader Joe's is, but it's a sort of a boutique grocery store. And they are famous for their extensive pumpkin spice section during this time of year. Pumpkin spice can be found in coffee, cream cheese, bagels, ravioli, just about everything. Um, And I do my best not to overindulge in this, but I was trying to figure out what actually is in pumpkin spice. Okay, so I am not a uh, much of a cook at all. I'll be honest about that. I can clean very well, but I, you don't want me cooking for you. So I had to look up what, what was in pumpkin spice, and it's basically cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, and cloves. So as a pumpkin spice aficionado, I tried to figure out if there's any vitality value in this, and could the cinnamon within the pumpkin spice offset you know, the sugar or calories and say a latte or a pumpkin spice cookie or something like that. Okay. So this is a little self-serving, um, but I wanted, I wanted to go over that because I thought maybe there was something of value. And guess what I found this paper quote, this is a paper, uh, that, that we're going to review here, quote, the effect of cinnamon consumption on lipid profile, oxidative stress, and inflammatory biomarkers in adults an umbrella meta-analysis of randomized controlled trials. So this is a, you know, this is an analysis of analyses, okay? And here's what they found. And again, this isn't pumpkin spice, but this is cinnamon. Cinnamon consumption, according to that paper, reduced total cholesterol levels, reduced reduced low-density lipoprotein cholesterol, or LDL, and it also improved uh, high-density cholesterol, or HDL. Uh, you can see the references in the Vitality Explorer Substack site. They also found that cinnamon enhanced total antioxidant capacity. Okay, Antioxidants are things that help reduce some of the inflammatory components. And this was specifically in patients who had type 2 diabetes or something called polycystic ovary, ovary syndrome. And cinnamon uh, increased levels of interleukin-6, which is uh, one of these markers of inflammation in your body. 
but it didn't change the C-reactive protein. I think the takeaway from the paper was that it actually was pretty impressive in helping your overall lipid or cholesterol profile. And here's the quote from the paper, quote, considering the lipid lowering antioxidant and anti-inflammatory effects of cinnamon, it can be a potential candidate in prevention and or treatment of some chronic diseases. The paper went on to discuss some of the other findings, including how cinnamon can help lower blood pressure, reduce blood sugar, fight inflammation, and interestingly may increase or elevate, excuse me, may elevate your mood by increasing serotonin production. I found that quite fascinating. So maybe just smelling of a pumpkin latte or having some cinnamon would be one way to elevate your mood while you're taking a walk somewhere out in nature, right? So here's, here's sort of the overall Vitality Explorer analysis and recommendation. It's pretty clear cinnamon has significant health value according to multiple published studies. That, however, does not mean that we can all, myself included, indulge in pumpkin spice lattes on a regular basis. I do think, and this is, I'm welcome, I welcome people's uh, comments on this. I do think it's okay to take, have, a, have a couple uh, pumpkin spice lattes during this time of the year. Um, and maybe, just maybe that cinnamon within the drink will offset the sugar and calories. I'm happy to participate in any research that somebody wants to do about that. Um, there's a, another video up on the Vitality Explorer Substack site about this previous post we did on mindset over milkshakes, where it's very interesting how our brain actually can change what we think we're drinking, even if it's the exact same thing. I encourage you to check that out, as well as the references uh, up there about the, the three things that we talked about this week, which include uh, cinnamon being a superpower, um, how taking a walk in nature can improve your physical and your mental well-being, and the concept of vitality signs and that new tool called Viscore. Again, you can find that at Viscore.com if you want to check it out. Um, I encourage you to check out the over 400 topics we have discussed on Vitality Explorers over the last two years. It's been actually a little more than two years since, since I've been doing the podcast and putting out the Substack site. It's an absolute labor of love for those of you who know me personally. I uh, enjoy doing this. I relish the opportunity to find new specific scientific pieces of information that can help all of us uh, improve our physical, mental, social, and our spiritual well-being. Once again, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, please share this with your friends and family. Please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going to tease you because we're going to hopefully have some specific information uh, about... um, one of my colleagues and friends who is going to be doing uh, a podcast with me for a medical group tonight, uh, and that is my friend, Captain Tom Chaby. So I'll put out what he and I have been talking about a little later about resilience, uncertainty, and how to be a better leader. So thank you again for listening to the Vitality Explorer Substack site. Uh, remember that little quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson, quote, adopt the pace of nature Her secret is patience. The action suggestion for this week is to get out there and take a walk in nature with a friend for an hour if you can. But even if you can only get out there for 10 or 15 minutes, it'll likely improve not just your physical, but also your mental well-being. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful week. And until next time, dare to be vital.